It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Opinion Line on Quartz 96 FM. I'm joined on the program now to chat in the context of Women's Day by someone who, back in the day, well, it's only four years ago now, uh, four or five, nearly five years ago, c- captured the last seat in the country in the local elections, the very last seat in the country, and took nearly, nearly a week to do it. And then in 2020, got herself elected to the Doyle for Cork Southwest, and halfway through the first tallies on the morning of the count, people were whispering, Watch Holly. And last week, she became leader of her party, the Social Democrats. And she joins me uh, to mark International Women's Day, the new leader of the Social Democrats, West Cork TD, Holly Cairns. Holly, uh, congratulations on your appointment and election as leader last week to start with. Good morning. Thank you so much, PJ. And and a happy International Women's Day to you. Um, I don't necessarily want to talk about politics this morning. This is more about you. And I'm only reading up on you uh, since you became leader. I remember your mom. And I remember your mom being arrested in, for selling stuff at what subsequently paved the way for many a farmer's market. So your background, tell me about it. Yeah, my mum would have been a really big impact on my life and she still is today. We're really close. When you were talking about the women of the year, there, I was thinking I picked my mother. But um, I suppose she's she's an activist. And after even the local election that you referenced there, people said to me at that time, oh, it's not off the stones that you licked it. And that's when I kind of realised, I was like, am I just turning into my mother in a, in a different way? But um, yeah, I grew up on a small dairy farm in West Cork on the Turkhead Peninsula in a beautiful part of the country. And my mum was the farmer. Um, my parents separated when I was four, so um, she, she was tough for her. That's why I say she's a role model. Mm. Um, she's an exceptionally strong woman. And, yeah, then, you know, like a lot of small farms, ours became unviable. The more kind of the, the sector intensified became the way that you needed to kind of be on a bigger farm to really make a living off it. And so our farm became kind of unviable in that sense. And we went into beef production uh, that too became unviable and we still do have some beef cattle on the farm but now the folks at the farm became uh, seed production we do organic vegetable seed production mm. um, which I can go into a bit more if you like But we will in um, a minute but but Ma- Madeline's your mum's name she, she she paved the way didn't she for what we now know and are, free, are, are f- very fond of the wonderful far- farmers markets around she paved the way by 
by landing in court in 2000 and was it three? Yeah, tell it. Tell me about that. I actually remember at the time, PJ, because I was a teenager. Like I remember just being mortified because <laughs> I was also a big supporter of her. But you know, at that age, you find your parents so embarrassing. And I remember it was the class above me in secondary school were going like on a CSP trip or something to the courts and my mum was up in court so I remember just being scarlet but um, she was amazing yeah basically I mean the the whole like I mentioned there the kind of we've experienced politics rather than being in it as a family in that sense of a farm becoming unviable I think a lot of um, people who grew up on small farms would be able to relate to that and I suppose you need to produce more for less and ultimately, the money maker there is the supermarket. It's not the farmer. It's not the consumer. It's the supermarket. Mm. So the idea of a farmer's market is that you take away that middleman and it gives small producers an opportunity to, to make a living and for people to buy directly from the producer. You know, as consumers, we have a right to know that food is produced. The food we're eating is produced in a fair and ethical way. And so she felt really strongly about the need for farmer's markets and that direct contact with a producer. And... She had kind of looked into it and there's market rights in Skibbereen, which is our local town. And uh, the the rights still existed. So she was trying to set up the market and there was big resistance, you know, mm. not just from the local authorities and everyone, but at the time as well, like some businesses, you know, because they thought that it wasn't a great idea, that it might take businesses away from the, the businesses in the town on the main street and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and she was so adamant and she really fought for it and, yeah, got to a point where they were saying, you can't trade there. And she was saying, I actually can. Um, you know, the, the bylaws still exist. They've never been abolished. And um, there was one day then, yeah, the, the guards came and actually arrested her and she was put in a cell. They took her shoelaces and everything. <laughs> uh, my memory of that is I remember missing my hair appointment without a haircut <laughs> at that age. Um, and like I said, being embarrassed. But at the same time, I was very proud of her. I remember she obviously won in court and if she wanted to, she could have taken the, the state to court for kind of false arrest, false imprisonment, potential loss of earnings, all sorts of things. I don't think she ever got to that. Mm. But it paved the way for what is one of the most successful markets in the country yeah. and it brings so many people into Skibbereen town every Saturday because the market is so amazing and so thriving yeah. and it's one of the few markets today that still isn't uh, regulated by the local authority it's independently run there's a kind of a, a committee that's elected democratically and there's the treasurer and the chair and they all run the market and the way it works is Khan who's one of the producers in the market and he sells eggs and potatoes and we actually he's our cattle dealer as well on the farm but he sells he goes around and he collects money from all of the stallholders and so if you do well that week you might give a bit extra if you're coming in and selling a few buns and you're on your school holidays you might not make a contribution yeah. whereas the other markets you have to have the, all of this kind of rigmarole of you know, form filling and insurance and signing up and paying for your membership and it's can be quite exclusive. You're in, you're out. And then you get rid of the joy of the markets often where you have young kids in with Christmas cards they made and they're selling them during their Christmas holidays or yeah. somebody who's starting up a business and maybe can't afford to go about all of that. So the way that the Skibbereen one is run today is still an example that I would hold up so high in terms of a a kind of a model for how markets should be run because it's standout and it did kind of pave the way for other markets because once that was established in court that they had a right there was a that was applied to other places yeah. as well. You yeah. went on then to study uh, farming or horticulture. So growing up on the yeah. farm, clearly that directed you initially career-wise, did it? Yeah, well, not initially. I was certainly one of those students in school, PJ, who didn't have a clue what I wanted to do. Um, a lot of my friends were really clear on their path. You know, they wanted to be a social worker, they wanted to be a lawyer, they wanted to be an architect and all of these things. And I envied my peers who had that clear direction. I was um, 
kind of a confused student and I didn't do very well academically. Mm. And I never really knew what I wanted to do. And I went around trying different things. And it was only kind of when I was older and I was actually, I'd emigrated like a lot of people my age and I finished school in the in the crash in 2008 and I was working in disability services um, that I decided I wanted to move home and take on the family farm and business when I kind of realised the importance of seed and food security and climate change and all of these different things that I suppose I was just learning more and more about. And that's when I really started to appreciate what my mother was doing, I think, and decided I want to move home and do that. And then, of course, that was around 2015. So the marriage equality referendum was called here. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to move home sooner so I can vote for that because I just thought that was such an important thing to Mm -hmm. vote for. And that's when I came back and did the master's in UCC in organic horticulture. And I did my master's research on the importance of locally adapted seed in the face of changing climates. And that was making me really disillusioned and frustrated with Irish agricultural policy. And obviously I'd grown up with a frustration around that because of small farms becoming unviable and all of those things. And then learning the science behind it and how ridiculous their decision making is was kind of, I think I was getting more and more politically outraged, perhaps. And then it was actually when the referendum on repeal was called and I was out canvassing all the time. That's when I realised knocking on doors asking for votes, that's how you change that policy. We can do all the things in the world in our farm to try and, you know, preserve uh, native Irish seed varieties. 90% of those are gone, by the way. We can do all the things in the world to try and sequester carbon. We planted half the trees in native forestry. We produce organic beef on the farm, all of these things. But unless you can actually change, you know, the national policy, it's not going to have a profound impact, you know? So I had that realisation that this is how you change it. We have a democratic system. We're in charge of how our country is run by virtue of who we elect to run it. And I thought, I'm going to go for it. Me and two of the women that I met... Therein lies the inspiration. Therein lay the inspiration. I think the first time you and I ever spoke, actually, Holly, was about seeds and and your seed company brown envelope that's seeds right. that's the first, first time first time i ever yeah. did yeah. 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 um talk to me about the, being away you were in malta now that happens to be one of my favorite places a tiny little island in fact to be fair it's no bigger than a large stone with people on and did that because malta's climate and i know this from the time i was there to the time my friends have been there malta's climate is changing dramatically. It's getting uncomfortably hot now. Did being there stimulate your interest in climate change or were you always interested? Uh, I di- it didn't. I don't think in that sense it did. No, it stimulated my interest in other things like disability support services, yeah. working in them there and how much of a profound impact good services can have on somebody's life. I really learned that there and made me feel very frustrated about the kind of situation we have in Ireland. Um, They're very good no, to people change- there. Very good to people. Yeah, head and shoulders um, punching above their weight in terms of, like you said, Malta is about 26 miles long, six miles wide and has the population of Cork in it. Yeah. It's an interesting country and it's similar to Ireland in lots of ways because it's an island nation. It has its own language and it has English because it was colonised. Um, there's lots of similarities between us. It's a predominantly Catholic country, all of those things. They vote the same way as we do. And they have the same voting system, you're right. Um, so there's lots of similarities, but truth be told, I didn't, the change in climate there didn't inspire me. That's just the truth, yeah. Yeah, yeah, still uh, inter- interesting experience. And the disability services, that, that's, that's, they're, they're famous for that. So come back then and talk to me about getting, getting into politics. You've told me what was, what, what I suppose inspired you 
to get into it. Um, and I noted, and we've talked about it before, this mad crazy, was it nine days in 2019? And getting in at the end of it by a fistful of votes. I know, I often um, speak to schools about the importance of voting and I always say to them, in my first ever election, I lost by one vote. And the room goes, oh. And I go, but I called a recount and I won by one vote. And it just goes to show just the importance of every single vote. And for any of your listeners, actually, it's important to note that the voting registration system has recently been updated and it's made it significantly easier to vote. It used to be kind of convoluted and complicated and a bit of a deterrent, to be honest. And now you can do it quite quickly um, online. So just to highlight that to people, the importance of your vote is huge. But I mean, as well, I think it's been huge. That one vote has had such an impact on my political trajectory because like you said, then the general election was only, I think, seven months later. That's and right. if I hadn't had that platform on Cork County Council, um, you you could maybe, it's hard to know, it's kind of a what-if question, but it's probably unlikely I would have taken um, the seat in Cork South West if I hadn't gotten that council seat by one vote. And then to fast forward to today, I wouldn't have become the leader, obviously, of the Social Democrats. So then. that's been a roller coaster, you know. What we were watching, people who are into elections and counts and numbers and silly things like that, we were saying coming into the election in 2020, well, there's Holly, Holly Cairns now. She was that county councillor, last one in the country. She's young, she's popular, she'll bring in a vote. But it's not what her vote is, it's where her transfers will go. That's what we were watching. And then when the tallymen got their hands on the votes, they were watching transfers flying over to you from all sides. Was that a big surprise to you in 2020? It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, like particularly in the last count, we needed um, a significant amount of transfers to get over. But I had, because when you're the candidate at the tally, you can't be a full-time tallyer in case you need to do media or different bits like that. So at different times, I was tallying the second preferences 
when everyone else was telling the first preferences. And I did see that I was going to do well in those transfers. And the thing is, like, I was told it was impossible that I'd get a seat in the Bantry local electoral area, which I did that time by one vote. I was told there's no way I'd get a seat in Cork Southwest. Like, people literally laughed in my face when I said I was going for these elections. But PJ, the thing that I had learnt from back to that time knocking on doors for the repeal of the 8th referendum was, for one, open and honest conversations have a very big impact. You know, they're so important. That's what we had on the doors during repeal. That's how I was trained to canvass, you know. Mm. And secondly, that when you offer Irish people a progressive alternative, there's a very good chance they'll take it. Mm. So I kind of knew that the appetite for that kind of positive and progressive change was out there, even though people keep kept telling me that it wasn't. I had felt it and I'd seen it and I'd spoken to all of these people. I'd knocked on all of these doors. And like, I I feel that so strongly now, today, in this moment, that there is a huge amount of people out there who, like me, just feel, I felt so unrepresented. Mm-hmm. And like, I, you know, we always had this government that instead of leading the kind of change, the positive kind of change that promotes equality, they're always being dragged along by the people. And wasn't it high time we had the kind of representation that would lead that change? Because mm-hmm. Ireland proves itself to be so progressive and fair when we're met with like yes or no decisions like that. Mm. Landslide, yes, for marriage equality, for example, you know. Yeah. And I just think it's high time we brought that into our our national politics. And this is the time that the tide is turning. We can all feel it in Irish politics. I think since the foundation of the state, we've had kind of Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael, and that makes sense because of our civil war. We've got a very unique history. And people... We've identified with those parties almost like we identify with their nationality. You'd say nearly like, I'm Irish. And people would say, I'm Fine Gael. You know, it's kind of, it's an unusual thing that we have here. And people are not thinking about the policies historically. Yeah. But now, I think because of the crash, the, the politicians bankrupt in the country, and then the housing crisis, people are starting to move away from that. They're going, I'm not represented actually in yeah. this anymore. And they're looking for something else. And this is the time. So I feel like in order for a party like mine that's younger, I think that's a positive because we don't, we're not stuck in our ways, not the old policies, the old politics, the jobs for the boys. It's essential we have a party like that. But in order for us to grow, we need to reach people who were like me four years ago, who are on the, in the car, maybe listening to the radio to politicians who are on the sofa watching a political program going, this is ridiculous. Yeah. We need to reach those people. And I hope they'll be well placed as the leader to do that. That's why I decided to go for it yeah. as somebody who felt just like that not long ago, because we don't have a well-oiled machine in every constituency, canvassers for every box like the older parties do. Yeah. So we need yours is people a, who are listening. Yours is a smaller party. A smaller yes. party. And, and, and it's growing quickly. Yes. So yes. We need but, people who might not have felt like politics, heard them, felt them, had anything to do with them to join us. I'm yeah. actually making the call out that I need you to help. You know, yeah. we can't do this on our own. I believe there's, the, I think there's the support there if we can build quickly, yeah. provide the candidates and then get a big mandate to have an yeah. impact on the I, next government. And I will come back to that because we're going to have an election probably within 18 months. Um, but but stay with the getting to know Holly Cairns for, for a minute yeah. longer. Like when you're not on the farm or canvassing. I'd love to know who taught you to canvas, by the way, because I am told that you canvas like a small machine. That's, you know, I'd love to know who taught you how to canvas. <laughs> but, but, um, like, what do you, what, what do you do to relax? What do, what do you do to, to chill out? Walk my dog. Mm. It's probably my favourite thing to do. At the moment, there isn't 
much in the way of free time for things like that. And I suppose that's what I find myself prioritising. Um, time with family and friends seems more and more scarce the more I go into politics. So that's the number one priority as well. And probably quite literally my favourite thing to do as well. There, there are not much time for relationships. There was one very publicly talked about one. That's that's gone now, but there's no time for relationships. Is it? Is it a? Is is it a lonely life? Sometimes. Oh no, I do make time for my partner. Absolutely. Um, obviously, you know, I'm very busy and I spend half the week in Dublin. But I always can't wait to get home to him and the dog at the, at the end of the week. You know, percent it's important to do that too. Dog first, maybe. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Um, Holly, more women in politics. Everybody talks about it. And on this International Women's Day, on your own experience, getting to where you are now, which is, I think, the youngest party leader in the history of the state and certainly the youngest female. What have you learned from that experience to get more, particularly young women, into politics? I've learned, number one, that we need more women in politics. I can't tell you how desperately we need it. I think the keys in the word public representative and then 50% of the population just are not adequately represented up here. And I think we can really see and feel that in in policy decisions. And like, PJ, I think the best example is actually today, you probably saw that, the government saved the announcement for International Women's Day to say, oh, we're fine, 2023, we're going to have a referendum to remove the line from the Constitution because that. a woman belongs in the home. And I just thought that was so distasteful because yesterday they said they're going to lift the ban on evictions. And if you're really talking about having an impact on women's lives, like the, the decision yesterday is a kick in the teeth for women, for carers, for people with responsibilities for caring. Like... It's something like the single biggest determining factor as to whether a child lives in poverty or not is whether they grow up in a one-parent family. And like something like 20% of the population families are, are made up of single-parent families, but they account for over 50% of the people in, living in homelessness. Yeah. And so they're like, what, what is the point? Of, and the, it's just so kind of, I think, out of touch with the reality of the challenges that women face in this country to say, oh, we're going to have a referendum on that and announce it with great fanfare. The fact that it's even in, still in the Constitution in 2023 is shameful. They shouldn't be having a big fanfare about it. But the thing is, there are barriers in the place of women all the time. If they want to remove the thing from the Constitution of having women in, in the home, well, what about childcare? What about looking at the carer's allowance? What about all of these things? Mm. And crucially, to have more women in politics, we'd have better decision-making for women all over the country and that's just the key because I think look if we had the opposite like all women and, and very few men we'd probably see the same thing that men's issues might not be as represented we've just never experienced that this is the problem but there's barriers in place all the way so there's like for example no <clears throat> maternity leave for city and county councillors that was one of the first pieces of legislation I worked on when I got elected mm. and now we have that which is great that's yeah. so welcome but the other barriers that are actually harder to overcome are the ones in terms of, like, when you break it down, what happens at an election? Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael have been returning the majority of the seats. And they basically decide through their branch, branches, through their party structures, who the candidates are. And it seems like a lot of, you know, when you've got an institution that's kind of older, and then it can be kind of stuck in its ways, and everyone in it can be kind of institutionalised, and it's difficult then to spur change. 
it seems like they've tried, they've invested hundreds of thousands in it and they can't seem to engage more women in politics. And they do things like put women on the ticket Mm. to sweep up votes for their chosen candidate to meet their gender quota. Like that's blatantly not trying to get women elected. Is it time time for a quota? I don't know how you'd work it, but is it time for a Doyle quota that the Doyle must be made up of a certain percentage of men and a certain percentage of women? I think so, because look, we've waited 100 years now for it to happen organically and people keep saying, oh, the better approach would be if we just try and make that happen in other ways. But like 100 years later, not working. And look, gender quotas are a blunt instrument. And, you know, there's kind of the presumption that somehow like women love them, like nobody wants to be kind of feel like they're there on a gender quota either. But they're an instrument that works. Mm. And look, I think when you look at it, like, for example, in, in my party, the Social Democrats, we're the only party in the country that doesn't have a problem with our gender balance. We actually have more female TDs elected and we have more female city and county councillors elected across the country. But we're the only party in the country like that. And I think, you know, it's it's so evident. Like, how can you say that you're going to govern a society that promotes equality if that doesn't even exist in the party? And I think that's why we're always so far away from those milestones in the country, because we have these old institutions, like, doing things the same old way. That yeah. same old style of politics. I and mean, you can see it when there's a new party, something new. We don't struggle with that at all. I don't even, you know, I don't even know what they spend that money on when they're trying to engage more women in politics. We don't have a problem with that in the Social Democrats. Yes, yes. Uh, lastly, and I think you, you did mention your mum and, and how she was such an activist. And I remember, the minute I, I was wondering, where does the McKeever come from in your name? And then I saw I just, I remember that. But yeah. who inspires you, Holly, to keep going, to keep doing what you're doing, to give you the ambition you clearly have? Who inspires you day to day? Like, it's difficult to know where to start with that because, for example, Catherine and Roisin stand out a lot in my mind. The, yes, the two amazing yeah. women who just, yeah, who just stepped down from the leadership and I've only known them for four years but they have had a profound impact on my life in those four years. They stood out to me before I went into politics and I wouldn't have had a political home to go to if they hadn't founded the party. I think we underestimate what a challenge it is to start a political party in this country and to build it. They tripled their TDs in the last election. They got 21 councillors in their first council election. Like It's phenomenal what they did. And they're an incredible support to me every day. You know, So they really do inspire me. Um, there's also, PJ, like... When I'm doing this job and I meet different families all the time and look, the biggest issue facing us at the moment is the housing crisis and people struggling and, you know, getting notices to quit and stuff. That is an inspiration to actually change this government. They've shown it today. They're not even trying to pretend that they want to keep people in housing anymore by lifting that eviction ban. But crucially, one of the things for me personally is when I meet families of children with a disability. Mm-hmm or disabled people, individuals, and the struggles that they face every day, the discrimination. Ireland has the lowest employment rate in all of Europe for people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Like, it's an absolute scandal the way disabled people are treated in this country. And it is something that the government can and should address, and they don't. The political will isn't there. And that, like, it's quite a, it, it's quite a black and white in a way, issue, because they can do it, they don't do it. The need for just a change 
in our governance is so evident for me when I meet those families, people at the absolute end of their tether, struggling to make ends meet. They come out to meet me and the the things they have to go through, even just to be able to do that. Yeah. And there's a government there who isn't bothering to address it at every single budget. That inspires me <laughs> to go forward and try and change this. All right, listen, it's been a pleasure to, to talk with you. I've no doubt we'll have more forcible, politically-based uh, discussions in the future. But for today on International Women's Day, uh, thank you for being with me. Holly Cairns, leader of the Social Democrats. Thank you. Cheers, Holly. Corks 96 FM. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.